well, on behalf of the entire staff, we want to say thank you uh, to our pastor's council and to every single one of you for your love, your prayer, your overwhelming generosity, um, and literally just carrying us in prayer this year. You know, church is unique in that many of you, if you run a daycare, there's protocols, or many of you, if you run, um, you know, a business, there's protocols. Yet for a church, it's we are a gathering, we had a cafe, there's so many things that COVID made us adjust, and uh, so many sectors collide within a church. You know, some of you were counselors, and so you had to figure that out. We had to figure out what does counseling look like. And so, again, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your patience, and thank you for your grace where we, we, you know, humbly just got it wrong and just kind of continued to work through it. So thank you so much, and thank you for today for blessing us from the, you know, bottom of our toes out. We express appreciation. Also, too, a big happy birthday to Pastor Barry. It was his birthday yesterday, and so happy birthday to you, sir. Wonderful to see you this morning, but we honor you today. On I know we're one day beyond it, but we honor you today on your birthday. And as Jason Corto was just expressing, you know, normally we love at Christmas Eve to give you an ornament, or every single Sunday actually in December, we love to do hot chocolate and candy canes and just gifts and gifts. But it's just not the time in the season to be doing physical gifts, creating lines in the church, uh, backlogs in the church, even this upcoming week. Uh, for Christmas Eve services. For those of you who are going to be here in person, we're going to have to use our cell phones as the light for silent light. Here's what we figured out. We can light the candles. How do we blow them out? Let's all take off our masks. No, 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 no. So we realized, okay, man, we can't. There's lots of things that we're just going to think through on the fly here, but we can't give you a physical gift. So what we're giving you is the gift of growth. We're giving you the gift of groups. And so right now, media, again, is 20-plus thousand resources. It's life group material. It is leadership material. And here's what I want to say. If the gift, so you just go to lifecenter.org slash rightnowmedia, and you can sign up. If you're on our email list, we're going to actually email you an invitation. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to give it away. I want you to give it to people. Don't hold it for yourself. We have not just got enough for Life Center. We've got enough that you can share it with 10, 15, 20 people if you want. You can do a group with someone who doesn't even know Jesus. You can begin to organize a group right in right now media and begin to go through a resource together. So please, as we give this, don't hold it for yourself. Give it away. Give it to people that you know. Give them the login. Just let them sign up. Let them go for it and let them continue to engage and grow. Sound good? We wish we could give you an ornament. We wish we could do these things, but this is something that we can do. All right, let's dive in. Peter Gomes said this. He said, Emmanuel, God with us, is not just a translation of a Hebrew name, but a translation of the living, loving purpose of God to be present in and among his creation. God does not abandon that which he makes. Let me say it again. God does not abandon that which he makes. He becomes one with us that we might become one with him. And so today, a central skill in 2020 is to divide fact from fiction, true from false information. This is an important skill to have in 2020. And at Christmas, let's look at what we know and then compare it to what we sing. True or false, Jesus was born in a stable. True or false, those, those of you online, you can type in the answer, true or false? Well, we have, no, we have no idea. The Bible doesn't say. We can surmise that it says, um, as the baby Jesus lied in the manger, how many wise men showed up to give him gifts? How many? How many? 
You guys are playing right along online. You can type it in. We talked about it last week. You know, everyone says, well, there's three, three. We three kings of Orient are. There's three. Well, the only reason we got three is gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It doesn't mean there couldn't be more people there given those gifts. We have no idea if it was three or if it was 17. We have no idea if Mary and Joseph came riding in to the city on a... We have no idea. We have no absolute idea whatsoever. We don't know if they met an innkeeper who went, sorry, the inn is full. We have no idea if that happened at all. We don't even know if Christmas actually happened on December 25th. We, some scholars are still debating it. We don't even know if this is the date. All is calm. All is bright. Are you nuts? It was the census. It would have been mayhem. Think Grey Cup plus Super Bowl plus New Year's in a small city. It would have been absolute. It wouldn't have been like all is calm. Everyone's like Whoville singing songs around the tree. It's not what it would have been. It would have been crazy, not to mention a crazy king plotting a genocide in the midst of this. This is not all is calm. Give us as humans any degree of time and we make true things weird things. We just do. So perhaps no wooden stable, no three wise men looking at baby Jesus, perhaps no innkeeper, no donkey, no calm, no bright. Uh, Maybe even Jesus wasn't exactly born on December 25th. So now that I have sufficiently ruined every Christmas carol, what is the point of us talking about this today? And here's what is so powerfully true. It is never to diminish anything around Christmas. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Because a specific date or three or 17 wise men doesn't change the most powerful, irrefutable fact, not feeling truth, not tradition of Christmas. You know, in this last 12 months in 2020, as we experience profound, or as we've come to say, unprecedented uncertainty, the most important thing about Christmas is in Jesus, we can have absolute certainty. Luke 2, verses 15 to 20. Here's what it says, not what we hypothesize. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had made known to us to take a deep breath. There were shepherds, one for one. And they went with haste and they found Mary and they found Joseph and they found a baby lying in a manger. And when they had saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So it echoed back to a prophetic thing that we've talked about week in and week out. It says, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, it said, she just treasured up these things and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen heard and seen as it had been told to them. So the question should be, what did Mary treasure up in her heart that day? And why did the shepherds return glorifying God? Well, as we're going to read on Christmas Eve, we'll read now in Luke 2, verses 10 to 11, it says, and the angel said to them, fear not. What a word for us in this season. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Pause, not good advice. Not 10 ways to be better, not seven things to a better this, not, not good advice. See, good advice is only good if you actually take the advice. But the gospel isn't good advice. It is something greater than that. It is good news that is not dependent on whether or not you or I take it. You see, God's goodness doesn't change whether you think he's good or not. 
He is good, irrespective of what we believe. His definition, who he is, is outside of humanity because this is the story of Christmas. The story of Christmas is that you and I needed saving from the outside because if we could save ourselves, we would have done it from the inside. But we couldn't. The scripture says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, not necessarily great happiness that is rooted in circumstance, but a joy that is unshakable through each and every season that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. This requires such humility, as I said just a second ago, to admit that humans need saving. Who is Christ the Lord? That all of heaven declares, as we sang, all here comes heaven a moment ago. All of heaven declares in the person of Jesus Christ that though this may be not true, and this may be a bit understood, or this may be pulled from history, this irrefutable fact of Christmas is not based on this tradition, that tradition, that tradition. It is based that here came heaven, and because Jesus came, anything and everything is possible. It is different. Christmas has plenty of traditions, some of which we may be able to do this year, many of which we are unable to do this year. But whether we can or whether we can't are not able to, here's what is undeniably true. Christ came, that it's not only about tradition. Christmas is not merely about tradition. It points to a grander truth in the person of Jesus that remains unchangeable through the seasons, through the decades, and through the times. Christmas has wonderful carols that we sing, and some of them are filled with absolute scriptural truth, and others of them we kind of piece together from history. But every carol that points to Jesus can be sang from our hearts as an act of worship because it's not wasted worship in, in, in meaningless traditions. Again, it's worship that is ascribed to a king worthy of everything that we have. Did you know that the original, in a second, Christmas, has personal families and, and personal stories within our family, but again, they pale in light to the Savior. This is where I got ahead of myself. Speaking of light, the church today, uh, we're going through Advent. The kids are going through Advent, as you can see right here, and Advent is its peace, its love, its joy, and its hope. It's peace, its love, and its joy, and its hope. It is these four themes that we walk through as Advent. And the church goes through Advent and it looks at peace and love and joy and hope and peace and love and joy and hope. And how many know that we need peace and love and joy and hope? But did you know the original Christians, what their Advent was? It wasn't peace and love and joy and hope. When I share it with you, you're going to go, eee, that's a little dark. The original Advent themes were not peace and love and joy and hope. No, if you look in history and you trace back the beginning of Advent for the very first Christians, what you begin to see is the original themes of Advent that they would teach through at Christmas times were not peace and love and joy and hope. They were sin and death and judgment. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. They were sin and death and judgment. Say, well, why in the world would the early church be at Advent, at Christmas? Why would they be doing sin and death and judgment? And judgment? That's, a, that's a little dark for Christmas. I got a great idea next year for Christmas. Why don't we do sin and death and judgment? But here's what is true for me, and here's what's true for you. And here's what we're seeing in 2020. Until we understand how good, how righteous, how holy, and how kind God is, until we can see how amazing, how holy, how full, how righteous and kind God is. Until we get that, 
Until we get that picture to start with. And then we can see what darkness sin brings. What brokenness sin brings. That all of these things. Until we can see that God is all of these things. As sin is all of these things. Then Jesus coming. If we don't get how good God is. And we don't get how sin breaks us. How actually dark sin creates the world. If we don't get these things. Then Jesus coming has no context. It doesn't make sense. It's just Jesus comes to bring love, joy, peace, and hope. And the government can give me love, joy, peace, and hope. And my money can give me love, joy, peace, and hope. And a relationship can give me love, joy, peace, and hope. And so Jesus just becomes an adine. But Christ alone can save us from our sin. Christ alone is the Lamb of God brought into this world as we're going to read in just a second. John says that he is the light of the world. The light of the world has no context. Unless we understand darkness. Unless we understand the backdrop through which Jesus was coming. And here's what happens today is we have followers of Jesus all around the world who go like, every Christmas, maybe this Christmas for you. I don't really, ha- I don't feel love and joy and peace and hope. I don't, I don't feel these things. Oh, I want to let you know Christmas isn't a feeling. It is an, it is a, he is an irrefutable person. It is Jesus that we need. And so even Christians can feel at times like, I know I should feel more grateful or I know I should feel that even in that space. No, no, no. Christmas is the continual recognition and acknowledgement in spite of what I feel. Father, I thank you that you not only save me once, but that you can save me from anything, that you can heal me, that you can redeem me, that you can renew me, that I don't have to manufacture an emotion for it to be Christmas. I can trust that I may not feel love and joy and peace and hope I might feel discouragement despondent that's dark I could feel there's brokenness there's things that I see that I don't love God I thank you in this moment the gift of Christmas is your son and I admit that I'm in need of your son that I need your son that my family needs your son that this city needs your son that the world isn't getting darker though it may be no 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 darkness is forever set it is light has come to dispel darkness and it's not an emotion or a feeling it's not something we conjure up it is a faith that we imbibe in in an unchanging truth that Jesus came to save me and to save you and to save humanity it is on the backdrop of darkness that John writes this in the beginning was the word that's Genesis in the beginning where God is good God is righteous God is holy God is kind all of these things In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So when you read in Genesis where God speaks and says, let there be light, it is the word creating, it is Jesus. You see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. This is John talking about the baby in the manger. This is John talking about Jesus. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And it says that this light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness um, about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light. If you're in the chat, just type right now, I am not the light. We all are, as Jesus said, we're the light of the world. I get that. I'm not going back. I'm not changing that. But how many of you know that inside of us, we aren't light, we're darkness, but it's only Christ in us that gives us light, that only makes us be able to be the light of the world in which we live. He was not the light, but he came bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, 
was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him and who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were not born, who were born not of blood, nor of will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And it says, the scripture says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Just think about the miracle of Christmas, not the stable and not the the periphery things. Think about the miracle that God, throughout the Old Testament, who may have for so many seemed so distant, so unapproachable, so untouchable, becomes human. That God, who said all throughout the Old Testament, don't come any closer because I'm holy, I'm good, I'm kind, and in you there is darkness and there is sin. That this God becomes human. And Mary holds and touches. And now that which is distant is close. That which was dark has hope. Have you ever had someone tell you an amazing story? An extraordinary story? And they end the story with, you just had to be there. You just had to be there. It's not helpful. I wasn't there. I can't go back in time and be there. You just had to be there. When they say that, what are they getting at? Two words. Presence matters. You just had to be there. I can't, I can't do it justice. It was so funny. I can't, or whatever. I can't, you just had to be there. What they're getting at is presence matters. Due to COVID, Ottawa has 389 stories of loss. How their presence, above all else, is what is profoundly missed. You know, perhaps for you or for I, discussions for COVID are about masks and vaccines and case numbers and transition rates. But for these families, it's much more simple than that. Their story is all about presence. Because 389 is a number, but every single number represents a person who is no longer here this Christmas. And this isn't unique to COVID. This is a difficult time for many for the simple truth that presence matters. As this story touches many families, not only through COVID, but through lots of other ways, this story touches families in a very simple yet profound way. Because once again, presence really matters. Let me just take a quick pause here. I know it's the Christmas season and I get that. And I'm not critiquing any one individual. But if I could talk to the church, our church, the church, if I could. Whether it's in our hearts or whether it is online, can we be incredibly, incredibly repentive if we've uttered the words for anybody 
looking at COVID and go, oh yeah, it's, it's only this demographic that it's really dangerous for. What does it matter? Since when did we as followers of Christ not value every single life from womb to the tomb? Since when did we value only certain lives, only specific demographics of lives? I've seen it from followers of Jesus and that is the spirit of the world that gets inside the heart of the church. That we begin to look at others as less valuable. You can see it all around the world. You can see genocides and darkness not only in the original Christmas story. They're happening all around the world. Where again, children who are different are deemed unworthy to be born. If we have to only look back to see darkness, God, would you open our eyes to what is occurring all around us today? I do take issue with the fact that people say we're progressing. When you look around, I'm not so sure this is progress. You see, because the original story is not just Genesis 1. It gets to Genesis chapter 2 and 3, which says that we fall. And here's one single thing that we always do when we fall as humans. We become the arbiters of good versus evil, not God. And Christmas is the story of God sending his son as the ultimate arbitrator of good versus evil. Because when it is in our hands, this is just what we do. We deem some lives worthy and some lives unworthy. Some lives deserve everything and some lives get nothing. So as followers of Jesus, we can mourn 389 individuals who are no longer with us. And the Christmas story about a baby born to a virgin named Mary is not some disconnected story from disheartened people. No, the story of Christmas is the story ultimately of love and joy and peace and hope. In Not in us saving ourselves. It is all of these things are found in the person of Jesus Christ. That all of these things can be found. That you might be one of those 389 for us at Life Center. There may be someone who is not here this year around the tree. There's someone who is not here in this season. But you can still have love and joy and peace and hope in the midst of grieving and loss and mourning. Why? Because if they knew Christ, that you have a hope that anchors your soul that is grander than the darkness of what this world can pull. This is not some disconnected story from disheartened people that happened 2,000 years ago that has no bearing on us today. Christmas is the singular story where each of us unwrap this transformative gift. God with us of above all else his presence matters his presence matters and jesus changes everything as i said a few moments ago god who seems so far becomes so very near so near that he's held in human hearts and for every single one of us today we're not like mary that we hold jesus in our hands but we can have him in our hearts, that we can surrender our hearts and surrender our lives. And when you do, it's not just like, oh, I made a decision, now I'm a Christian, so now I go to church. No, no, now you begin to live into a different way. You begin to follow a king. You begin to live into a different kingdom that values people differently. You and I begin to be transformed so that we can be of a different substance, that we can be salt and we can be light in the midst of a world that is dark, that we're not the heroes of the story, but we point people to the one who is. This is the heart and the story of Christmas. 
And so this year, your story might not be precisely as you tell it either. Your social media feed might not tell the most truthful tales about you. Your relationship status through no fault of your own may have changed. Your job may be more challenging or perhaps not even there at all. Our family traditions this year will look different, yet in the midst of unprecedented change, the person, the presence, and the gift of Jesus, church remains singularly unchanged. Listen, the story of Christmas isn't God sharing this grand story, then turning to us and saying, you had to be there. This is not the story of Christmas. No, the story of Christmas is God taking center stage, not saying to humanity, you had to be there. You have to get there. You've got to get there on your own. You've got to be better. You've got to be good enough. You've got to be this. You've got to be that. No, no, that's the story of rules. That's the story of religion. That's the story of politics. Politics has winners and losers. The story of gospel, the story of the gospel, the story of Jesus is not winners and losers. It's that every single one of us falls short and Jesus doesn't turn and say, you've got to get there. The story of Christmas is that Jesus shows up and says, I am right here. I am right here. I'm as close as the mention of my name. So you may feel love, joy, peace, and hope, and I celebrate that, or you may not feel love, joy, and peace, and hope, and I don't celebrate what you don't feel, but I have a word of hope for you this morning, God with you. You don't have to get to where God is because God came exactly where you are, where I am. And here's what Jesus said. Whoever has seen me, you've seen the God of Genesis who is good and righteous and kind. In every nation, tribe, and kindred, and tongue, there are two stories being written today. One with us at the center. Us defining good and evil. Us in futility trying to save ourselves. And there's another with Jesus at the center of it all. And so this Christmas, for it to be merry. You don't need, whether it was a wood or a stone stable, you don't need three or 17 magi. You don't need all those things. They may be true, maybe not, but that's not the heart of the story. You need, I need, one unchanging reality, God with us. Because here's what Jesus with us promises us. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. You and I are destined for sin and darkness and judgment. But Christmas is the light has come. And because the light has come, every single one of us, whether we're here or we're at home, we open our hearts to this gift of grace then in the person of Jesus we have love and joy and peace and hope which is not a feeling it is a person and so as you reflect on God with us we want to sing over each of you here and at home today
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you speak to our hearts afresh this morning? Would you focus us in on you? Father, I thank you for every one of us that right now in this moment says, I need saving. I need healing. I need restoring. I need truth. I need your grace. Jesus, I need you. Father, may you, the gift of this season and every season, may you be the gift that never remains unopened under any tree. Father, may we open our hearts and receive you in. Father, thank you that you came so that we might be with you. In your name we pray, amen. You can remain seated.